Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hi, here we go again. Sunday at noon. That's right, me, Totsie Slater, your host of Simply Real Estate right here on Newstalk 1010. Uh, tomorrow, are you ready? Have you already cast your ballot? Are you ready for the mayhem that we call elections? You know, are we ready for somebody to do something about real estate finally? Could we get a leader to actually do what they promise? I don't know, but you know what? That's going to be my real estate rant this week. But before I go down that path, let me uh, let me tell you who's going to be joining me uh, this hour. I've got Tim Hudak. He is the former provincial leader of the PC party. Uh, he is the CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. No stranger to the show. I also have David Oikel. He's the president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. He will be joining us as well. And uh, I've had David join me. Uh, great, great informative information that I can get from David. And so we're gonna have a good conversation about what the promises are around this election. But before I do my dive, um, by the way, I do have our our webinar coming up this Thursday. That's right, September the 23rd at 7 p.m. It's our Simple Real Estate Investment Webinar. Uh, you can you can go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. So why should you do it? Why should you give me a little bit more of your time than you already do on Sundays? Well, I'm gonna be talking about investment real estate. I'm gonna talk about our newest release and all the guarantees that come with it. You know what? You never miss a month's rent. You uh, never have to pay for a repair. You never have to worry about a tenant. We take care of it all. Uh, incredible, incredible, uh, you know, uh, site that we've got in London, Ontario, 269,000 for a 750 square foot um, one bedroom unit. Uh, just awesome. And you know what? Already up, we just had appraisals done already up $25,000. So all of our investors that are closing uh, next month, they've already gained $25,000 on this purchase. So very exciting, completely hands off program as we always have here at the Simple Investor. But um, I do want to talk about something really serious. And my problem is that I am not one side or the other, but I do have a problem with the commitments that these party members are making. And I know a lot of people sit there and say, well, Todd, you know, you're very, very, you know, right-sided, opinionated on, on a lot of things. Not so much. I am pro real estate and, you know, I'm not a practicing agent. I'm not sitting there saying, you know, I want houses to go up so we have an increase in commissions. That's actually the last thing I want. And quite frankly, I don't like multiple offers. You know, I've had to represent hundreds and almost thousands of people in multiple offers in the past, but I don't like them. You know, and then the reason why I don't like them is because people make, you know, bad decisions sometimes. And I don't want people always to have this interpretation that it's only for the greedy. You know, I've been I've been following a lot of the comments that, you know, during my show, a lot of people will sit there and they'll text in and looking at some of the texts, you know, it's like, you know, Todd, it's all about the foreign buyers. It's foreign money is the problem. It's the greedy realtors. That's the problem. You know, and I'm just going to call everybody out on some of this stuff. First and foremost, it's not the realtors. Okay. Because they're not the ones driving the price. It's the consumers. It's what the willing seller is willing to accept. And it's what the willing buyer is willing to pay. When everybody keeps jumping on this foreign buyer thing, I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. 
And you know what? If you don't want to agree, then you don't have to listen to the show because the problem is, is that the numbers are the numbers. Okay. I had to actually somebody, I was, I was on with Jerry Agar the other day and somebody actually texted him in saying he doesn't know his numbers. Really? You want to take me on on numbers? Go ahead. I have every single report that Canadian Real Estate Association has, the Toronto Real Estate Board does, the Ontario Real Estate Association does. These numbers don't lie. And when we sit there and think, right now the run-up for the last 18 months was based on foreign buyers and that they're sitting there flogging their money here come on let's think about what really happened we went through a pandemic where everybody decided that they either wanted to get to a bigger home they needed an office they needed a gym in their basement so all of a sudden we started to see this transition of real estate and we saw more and more people realize how important real estate was so when everybody keeps blaming everybody else like foreign buyers they were such a small part of the market and now we've got one of the candidates sitting there saying and we're going after the flippers and we're not going to let foreign buyers own for the next two years well i'll tell you what if you want to solve the problem then solve the freaking problem and get more properties built for everybody not just affordable housing okay you need move up buyers to be able to come out of the condos to go to the next level so we need to focus on things oh i don't know like uh material how about you drop some of your taxes development charges how about you drop some of that so if the federal governments you know when we take a look at these party leaders if the federal government wants to get involved in the real estate world then they need to do what is right you need to be able to turn around and say to a developer listen you need to be able to drop your price but we're going to drop the development charges we're going to drop some of the taxes on the material and this is what we're going to do instead of making these asinine comments and commitments 1.4 million dollar 1.4 million uh, properties they're promising to build and how exactly are you going to do that you know you can't even you you know the liberal party they can't even fix you know the prime minister's house in a timely fashion at and they're they want to spend 50 million dollars on his house for a house and yet you want to promise you're going to build 1.4 million properties come on look the conservative government sitting there saying that they're going to build a million still way too high the only only thing that i'm going to give them some some credibility to is the fact that they want to use potentially some government properties like let's say a, a government tower you repurpose it turn it into residential okay not a bad solution you'll be able to do it over the next two to five years you know the ndp i'm not even going to bother picking on the five hundred thousand because again nobody can come up with a solution on how you're going to build it and this is the thing these are just numbers so when you vote tomorrow it's like who do you believe the most well i don't believe any of them because none of them are actually making sense what they should make a commitment to and we haven't heard it is that we're going to empower the municipalities and the provincial governments to be able to mandate and we will turn around and give billions of dollars to offset development charges speed up the efficiency and get these developers building and there's the problem that I have with this election. Okay, yeah, there's all sorts of other things and I never go down the road. You know, I'm not gonna talk about COVID. I'm not gonna talk about anything other than what COVID did to real estate. What did it do? It made real estate more important. Everybody knows that, okay? When you have a lockdown, where do you have to stay? You have to stay at home. Why is home so important? Well, because it's what's your, the roof over your head. And by the way, 
technology never changes this okay it can't you're going to have to live somewhere for the rest of your life so how are we going to do it well you know what get the right government in place or how about we just start with a clean slate because quite frankly none of them i think have a true plan to make it happen i haven't seen anything you know i keep hearing all these different promises not one of them's actually drilled it down properly not one of them is actually going to make it happen for us so you know if, if, if we're voting for somebody at least have a little bit of reality behind what you're saying and if we're if we're going to vote based on real estate none of these candidates should get anybody's votes that's just the way it is and you know what i know a lot of people are sitting there saying hey you know what you're you're, you're opinionated on this yeah you're damn right i am because I live and breathe real estate all the time, okay? It's what I do, the numbers, everything. I have to study the world economy, the, the Canadian economy, everything that's happening in the US, how it's going to influence us, what's going to happen with interest rates, what's the bond market gonna do, because it all has a reflection on real estate. How are we going to do with, you know, making sure that we can get materials so that we can build and labor shortages and everything else that's going to incur to create a problem with real estate. The fact is, is Canada, is driven by real estate. Like it or not, it is the greatest asset people have. People are real estate normally rich. The problem is now coming into the market. So when we talk about affordability, I get it. A lot of people are sitting there saying, I can't buy, it's too expensive. It is in some areas, but I can promise you this, there are outer market areas that are affordable. And when we take a look at the affordability, you have to make a decision from a life perspective. Do you buy real estate in an outer market you know, own it and then maybe rent something in the city, like rent out the property. Ownership is not just defined by a roof over your head that you're going to make it your primary residence. Real estate can be defined by investment through REITs, whatever. Real estate will always be a good investment because we do not have more land. We're going to create more properties, meaning build more units. But the truth be told is we can't make the earth any bigger. So when we take a look at real estate right now, today, our snapshot, September 2021, what is real estate worth to you? Well, you know what? In a few more years, it's going to be worth a lot more. And that is reality. But we're going to need more of it. We're going to need more dwellings. And this is where the problem lies. So it is an inventory problem. And I know a lot of you are probably getting sick and tired of me saying it's an inventory problem, but it is, okay? And affordability, when people talk about affordability, what are we looking for? A lot of people want the real estate market to crash, but yet when they buy it, then they want it to go up because this is one of the greatest areas for people to save money for years to come. And this is where most people hold their wealth. So the whole idea of introducing capital gains, and I know the, the liberal government's trying to dispel that myth and saying, no, we're not promising this, but then somebody sticks their head up from their party and goes, oh yeah, but it's the only way we're gonna be able to get all the tax money back. All right, we'll wait and see what unfolds depending on what government gets into place tomorrow. But you know what? This is one of those things that I think everybody has to be mindful of. It's at the municipal and provincial level, we have to deal with this problem. So the federal government jumping in, unless they're gonna start writing checks to the provinces and the municipalities, it's just not going to happen. Anyways, that's my rant this week. And I just wanted to make sure everybody has, you know, a little better understanding of where this could and may not go. Um, as I mentioned earlier, 
Coming up this Thursday, that is September the 23rd at 7 p.m., I do have my Simple Real Estate Investment Webinar. You can go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register. You can also follow me on Instagram. Uh, this week I'll probably be a little bit more active than usual just because I want to see what happens with the parties and everything else. And that is the Simple Investor one. And coming up uh, after the break, as I mentioned, I've got Tim Hudak joining me, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, as well as David Oikel. He'll be the he is the president of Aria. So they'll be joining me right after this. And welcome back. As I mentioned, right before the break, my next two guests, no strangers to the world of real estate and also uh, guests here on uh, Simply Real Estate. I've got Tim Hudak joining me. He is CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, former leader of the PC uh, Provincial Party. I also have David Oikel joining me. He's president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Both have been guests in the past on the show. Great to have them both in. And uh, gentlemen, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank Thanks, Todd. Uh, well, it's day before election day, right? So <laughs> perfect topic as we get ready to cast our ballots. You know, Tim, I, I've been looking forward to having that chat with you because obviously as a former leader of, of a party, you know what you know election promises can and can't do to some candidates. But I got to tell you, I have been following this one probably more than I ever have before, basically for the real estate aspect of it. We've got so many candidates promising the world when we have such a shortage here in the real estate world. And you know what, Tim, I'm, I'm concerned. I want to, you know, drill this down, but I do want to get your kind of just your overview, what some of these candidates are promising and how they could be delivering it. Yeah, you bet. And I know we've got lots of time for this, Todd, and really excited to be joined by our president of the Ontario Real Estate Association and actually practicing a realtor, David Eichel. So he'll give you some view on the street. I'll say top level as we begin. You know, I'm very pleased to see housing issues, particularly affordability of home ownership playing a significant role in this campaign. I think you'd agree, Todd, unlike any campaign we've seen before, uh, it's about darn time. And I also feel really good because, you know, ARIA has been lobbying the political parties. We've done that in concert with our national association, the Canadian Real Estate Association. And a lot of the ideas that David Oikos talked about on your show, I've talked about in your show, have popped up on various parties' platforms. The biggest issue, of course, increasing housing supply, getting more inventory, affordable choice in the marketplace. Happy to see that as a strong theme. You know, Tim, I'm glad you brought that up because when we talk about affordability and, and, and David, I'd love your insight on this because, you know, everybody screams affordability. And the question that I always want to ask people is, what is deemed affordable? Is it just when we talk about income or the fact that, you know, when if we were to turn around and do historic data for the last 50 years, you know, real estate's always been going up. Now, again, sometimes percentages are higher in some decades than others. But quite frankly, David, what is your take on when we talk about affordability? Because this is this is a hot topic. This is what everybody keeps mentioning. But when we talk about, you know, if we talk about Toronto or Vancouver, I mean, some of the most desired real estate in the world, how can we sit there and talk about affordability in those marketplaces when in an area such as where you're practicing, David, I think you've got better affordability there. Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's very different around the province for sure. Uh, you know, I think that it's, um, it's all different property types and all different uh, property uh, uh, characteristics that people are looking for. I think that, you know, what we've seen in the pandemic is, is that uh, detached homes and, and uh, properties with a little bit more space have been in, in uh, very significant demand because people were working from home, uh, you know, kids at home, maybe gym at home. 
So it, it also is a distribution of what property type people were looking for. Uh, the prices on those went up uh, higher than uh, maybe other other property types. You're absolutely right. I mean, over the years, uh, you know, mortgage rates are lower now uh, than they have been. So that helps what people can af- afford to pay. Um, and uh, and so it's it, but it really comes down to you know, what you uh, mentioned in, in the introduction is, is that you know, the reason that prices go up is the, the imbalance between demand and supply. It's great that people want to buy homes. Uh, as a realtor, uh, if we had more homes to uh, to sell, uh, we would uh, we would sell them. Uh, but we need more supply, and all three levels of government have a role to play to address that. Tim, you know, one of the things you and I have talked in length on on the show here and on your show in the past, you know, we talked all the time about inventory and obviously municipalities and even provincial at the provincial level, because, you know, those are the really the ones that mandate your backyard, not the federal government so much. So when the co- federal government starts leaning in on all these commitments and we start talking about billions and then we start talking about millions of properties, I do want to drill down a little because, again, if we've got an inventory problem what is what is actually the number that we need to actually balance it i mean you know when we took a look at the numbers that spat out in 2017 2018 we saw a huge number of transactions in the greater toronto area 113,000 transactions in one year all of a sudden the next year we see it drop to 70,000 it wasn't like people just disappeared they went on the fence so what is the number that we actually require here on, in Ontario to say we've got the right amount of inventory? Uh, we got to build about 80,000 homes uh, per year, uh, Todd, to ensure that home ownership can still stay within reach of hardworking Ontario families. That does two things. Number one, it creates an inventory to match number of uh, new households uh, being formed entering the market, whether that's uh, millennials, new uh, Canadians, uh, or people to, to move up. Secondly, there's some catch up there. So the reason prices have skyrocketed, David uh, laid out quite a few of those. And secondly, we just have not had a bottom line supply anywhere near the demand. So here's the great story about Canada. I mean, you we're growing up, Todd, and David's growing up and myself. You know, you always could dream that you could have a better shot at owning a home than your parents. When my grandparents came here from Czechoslovakia, one of the first things they did is saved up to buy a home, worked hard to pay it off. Today, it is harder than any time in Canada for a aspiring middle-class family to get a home. Home ownership rates are down for the first time in Canada's history. There's a recent study by Scotiabank that showed in the GTA, there are 360 homes for every 1,000 GTA residents. Know what it is in G7 countries? 471, much higher than 360. There's an illustration, we don't have enough homes and that's why chiefly prices are going up so fast. Well, you also had mentioned one thing, um, you know, the fact is that we're going to be taking on a lot of new Canadians and, you know, the natural knee jerk reaction would be to say that most of these new Canadians will rent in the very beginning. And of course, then once they're able to, they'll take a look at home ownership in the future. You know, this is one of our greatest issues that we also have a lack of rental inventory. David, do you find in the marketplace, because being the president of ARIA, you have to talk to obviously all the municipalities, all the different areas. Are you finding that, you know, we're getting enough inventory coming in? Because quite frankly, I think that we're going to have more of a shortage for rental properties than we actually do for people that are going to make them primary residents. Um, both are a problem because, um, you know, if uh, if somebody, uh, uh, the lack of, of both uh, 
uh, properties to live in and or rent are, are, are a concern because if somebody can't can buy, they have to live somewhere and they're renting. And so rent uh, rents have gone up significantly. I know in my, in my market for sure. Uh, and then also around the province. And so so the, the the question they had earlier about affordability, it's not just about home ownership, it's about uh, about rent and uh, and that's a, a big concern. Uh, and so we need to whatever solutions get addressed, it needs to be at all income levels because there's a there's a, a concern about be, uh, people being able to afford their rental accommodations as well, uh, particularly if they have to find new ones and the rents have gone up so significantly. But you're absolutely right. I mean, what what uh, this used to be, uh, you know, housing and, and house prices used to be a, a Toronto and Vancouver issue. You know, you'd watch the news and that's where it would be. It's uh, it's in uh, it's in every town across the country. And I know, you know, we're a little more familiar with what's going on uh, in Ontario because people can can live in a variety of different places now. I mean, their jobs may be more portable uh, with work from home strategies or certainly they can be further away from the office because they might not. Uh, need to go into the office uh, as often or at all in in some cases, so they can uh, don't have to live uh, in Toronto. They can live you know a hundred kilometers or a couple hundred kilometers away as long as the Wi-Fi is good, which is a common question that I have. You know, if people in Ottawa can live in Arnprior and Elmont and Carlton Place and Perth, and you know, how's the Wi-Fi? Because and so it doesn't take much uh, increase in demand in those communities. To, uh, to have the same impact there that it has in, in bigger cities. Demand is higher, supply is limited, and so prices go up there as well. Um, so I think it's an issue that we got to contend with in, in all uh, in all markets, and you're absolutely right. It's not just about ownership, it's about rentals as well. Yeah, those are some great points, David. Um, folks, we're going to go to a quick break, but my guest this hour, uh, Tim Hunak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, and David Oichel, he is the president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. So when we come back, we're going to have more. And hey, listen, don't forget, follow me on Instagram, the Simple Investor one I'm going to keep you up to date. In fact, uh, tomorrow, you know, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll see who the winner is, but I'm probably going to do a major post to find out what the real estate world is going to unfold like over the next several years. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining us, my guest this hour, Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, and as well, David Oichel. He is the president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. And just before the break, we were talking about the campaign and what we can expect, you know, whoever gets elected tomorrow. And Tim, just before the break, you know, I had uh, had alluded to the fact that we do need more rental properties. But the one thing that these candidates seem to be making a lot of promises, and I just I don't know how any of them, for that matter, are going to meet it is the number of properties they say they're going to build. Now, just before the break, Tim, you did give us a number in Ontario. We need about 80,000 units to be built. We're not even coming in at half of that on the average. What we do need is some real strong commitment to help, I think, the private sector builders as well as alleviating some lands. But Tim, I want your opinion on some of these candidates. So if we take a look at the the existing Prime Minister uh, Trudeau and the Liberal Party, they they threw out the platform. They were the latest ones to the plate. You know, I think they wanted everybody else to make their commitment. It seems like it's a numbers game to everybody because I noticed the number kept getting bigger and bigger as each party platform released their number. And the Liberals are now saying that they're committing to building 1.4 million properties, but with no timeline. What is your take on that? 
Yeah, well, let me say first off, uh, Todd, um, you know, the Ontario Realtors are, are very excited that a lot of the issues we pushed are now officially in platforms and a big part of the campaign and the advertising. So mission accomplished in that respect. And then from my previous work in politics, I always remember that parties campaign in poetry and then they govern in prose. So that means they put out the big ideas, the vision, and then it's up to people like David Oikel and I to then twist their arms to make sure they carry through on those commitments. So platforms aren't going to have all the details. I'm just really happy that a lot of the high-level stuff we've talked about is in there. So you mentioned the PCs have a promise, the Conservatives promise to create 100 million homes. Another idea they've taken from us is to convert surplus government land that's either underutilized or not to put into housing that average Ontario families uh, can't afford. Uh, the New Democrats have a very ambitious plan to help create more rental units, for example, and also to create a registry on foreign ownership to make sure that money laundering isn't coming to the real estate market in, in Canada. And the Liberals have a, uh, a policy of 1.4 homes at some new homes, but also renovating existing homes to make them more environmentally friendly, less of a carbon footprint, and also a home renovation tax credit to create more secondary suites for families. They call it the multi-generational home renovation tax credit. So some of the things we've talked about have landed in each of the three major parties' platforms. You know, and I'm glad you brought some of those numbers up, Tim. So a million properties by the Conservative plan. The one important thing is that they could take some federal buildings and do renovations. So I think if we're going to get some some properties quickly into the market or to be able to sustain, you know, some of the growth that we're going to have, I think renovation is better than us, you know, digging a hole in the ground. I think that that's going to make a quick, you know, maybe 10, 50,000 units be able to come into the market probably within a short period of time. My problem is is that it's all about timing and david you know being an active realtor you've seen this that somebody can turn around and start making applications but it can take five to ten years before the completed product is there and when we deal with municipalities you know federal government or not we still have to go through the red tape so how do you think that we're going to get any of these federal parties to really jump start and get the speed of the product? Like, it's great that everybody wants to sit there and say, hey, listen, we're going to build this, we're going to build that. But when? The question always is when and how quickly can you get this into a marketplace? So David, I ask you, you know, you being an active realtor, you've seen it, you know developers, you see what happens. How's the, how's the federal government going to get around that? Well, you're absolutely right in, in that uh, they have uh, only a, a portion of the uh, the responsibility here because you know when the rubber hits the road it's the municipalities in the province that uh, have a bigger uh, responsibility here and as I mentioned uh, you know, all three levels ha uh, of government have a role to play you know we've been talking uh, about you know uh, reduction or elimination of red tape at the municipal and at the uh, at the provincial level you know uh, the municipalities have a role to play by uh, having uh, zoning that would permit perhaps more density uh, in uh, in certain property in certain places to address uh, uh, you know affordable housing in different places and so I think the municipalities definitely have a role to play the province can streamline activities for sure you know the federal government you know maybe the their biggest role will be uh, you know money to uh, to assist uh, to contribute to, uh, to to the process because I think that you know the the, the further away you are from uh, from Main Street then uh, then it may be a more difficult for them to do. Uh, but the province and the municipalities definitely have a role to play, and we've been encouraging them uh, to to be quicker and better at this because you're right. It takes too long from an idea to uh, shovel in the ground to uh, 
uh, where somebody, a family can move in, and we need to shorten that up. Uh, and so uh, the federal government can encourage perhaps with, with funding, uh, but you're right, it's got to be quick uh, because the, the need is very, very urgent right now. You know, Tim, you and I have talked about this in length, and we talk about inventory all the, all the time. We talk about the red tape, and and you know, it does feel like we're beating the same drum on a regular basis because the most of the most of the municipalities and the you know provincial governments are not doing anything about it. As a provincial leader previously, you know, when you used to talk about affordable housing, and I'm sorry, I'm going to drill this one down again. When we talk about affordable housing, what do you mean? Is it housing that's affordable? Or is it that we're going to subsidize, not too different than, let's say, community housing? Are we going to subsidize housing for people? Or are we looking at things that it just means that less development charges, so things are a little bit more affordable? Because those two seem to be contradictory. Like affordable housing and housing that's affordable are not the two of the same thing. So what's your take on that? That's uh, a great point. And, you know, my view in my politics world was, was always that it should be about making sure housing is affordable. And that would mean that, you know, that next generation of Ontario home builders could realize that dream to get the keys to their first time home. Now, the political parties take uh, different approaches. If you're talking about the election tomorrow, uh, where sometimes we'll talk about affordable housing, that social housing units, subsidized rent and such. There's a lot of that in the NDP and the liberal uh, platform. I'll take it back to the red tape argument. You made a good point, Todd, earlier on in the show when you said that there's not as much the federal government can do. Most of it's provincial and municipal. You're, you're on the money on that. However, when it comes to red tape, you can do something about mortgage policy. And both the New Democrats and the Conservatives have ideas in there to help out with people accessing mortgages, rebalancing, sort of fixing the stress test, for example, to make sure uh, it is more flexible. And Democrats talk about a 30-year mortgage, for example. The problem today is the deck is stacked. If you're rich or you come from a rich family, you're going to have no problem. But if you're a hardworking, aspiring uh, young family, the mortgage rules are against you. So there's an example of where a couple of the parties are looking at fixing the red tape. But but Tim, when, when we talk about lending like that, okay, so here here's the problem. You're even going to put more gas on the fire if we alleviate some of the stress tests. Like, you know what, when 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 you and I first talked about the stress test, you know, not everybody loved it. And it did it did have an adverse effect to the market. Actually, you know, we watched the market drop, plus some for, foreign buyer taxes, things like that. But we did watch a big decline there for a the short period of time. But the one thing that will happen is that if we're talking about first-time home buyers and we make it easier, is that, and, and I, I, I know the answer to this, but would you agree it's just going to put more pressure on the first-time home buyer market? I think it's, a, sure, but it's a, it's a matter of fairness, Todd, for goodness sakes, right? Should there be a stress test? Well, for example, the conservatives are saying, if you've already have a good record paying down your mortgage uh, and you're renewing your mortgage, there shouldn't be a stress test. The Democrats are talking about a 30-year uh uh, amortization for your mortgage. The point I would make, look, if you're connected, you're rich right now, you have lots of money from the bank of mom and dad, these things are no sweat to you. Is it fair to say to somebody who's clawing their way up, saving every buck they've got, Todd, or a new Canadian like my grandparents were, you're SOL because you're not connected? You know, what I think it does here is make sure there is a reasonable protection that people can afford their mortgages. But right now, the rules are working against those who aren't rich or sons and daughters of those that are rich. 
Okay, fair point. I think I'm going to go to a quick break, Tim, because I do want to, I do want to have a rebuttal on that. And uh, folks, if you're just joining me, I've got Tim Hudak. He's CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, as well as David Oikel, president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. And when we come back, we've got more to, uh, to drill down on some of the commitments that the parties are making for tomorrow's election. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. My guests right now, David Oikel. He is president of the Ontario Real Estate Association, Tim Hudak, CEO of ARIA. And uh, just before the break, uh, we were discussing, you know, some of the party platform for tomorrow's election of real estate and what we can expect about supply and demand. And Tim, you know, I've always, I've always, you know, admired you for, you always want to make sure we've got level playing fields out here and, you know, getting rid of maybe or adjusting some of the stress test, make it so it's more affordable for, you know, people that are just struggling to get their down payment. I get it. First time home buyers. There's a lot of stuff though, right now that is floating around in the ether that potentially the liberal, liberal government, once again, they've done a study for capital gains on primary residents. They are definitely going after flippers. So what people that only own a property for one year, but there is that that concern that they could, you know, invoke some kind of capital gains tax on primary residents, maybe for the short term owners. You know, my problem with even this discussion, and you know, they had talked about it before their 2019 election, they turned around and, you know, fell on their face with their CMHC offer of ownership at 10%. You know, just the mere thought of this, I think would then is so short sighted, because if you do that, the people that are the first time home sellers, those move up people, they'll get stymied. You know, they'll turn around and they'll have to stay longer to try to accumulate even more money for their next step. And so not only are we going to affect first time home buyers, we're going to affect first time home sellers. And I know that the liberal government has had a few of their party members say, it's something we're going to have to do. And then, of course, they deny it entirely. So it, it, it's more, you know, hypothetical at this point. But I would think that you would have a take on this that, you know, the idea of capital gains on a primary residence, I would think, you know, from Aria's perspective is just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. Why you'd want to uh, pile on uh, the largest source of savings for the middle class by putting on a greedy tax grab uh, is beyond me. And just like you said, Todd, I think it's hard to get a home in the market uh, today. Uh, imagine how much longer people are going to sit on their homes and not put them on the market if they're going to be whacked with a massive tax when they do sell their home. You know, our, our president, David Oikel, I'm glad he's on the show with us today. He's been very outspoken in a couple of areas like the capital gains tax, uh, as well as uh, an end to the traditional bidding process. One thing we do at ARIA, we highlight fairly and in a balanced way the positive things, whether it's liberal, new Democrat, uh, or conservative. Your listeners can see that at OREA, ARIA.com, or through our social media. But we also highlight when we think there are bad ideas that will make homes more unaffordable for average families or damage the market. And you can bet your bottom dollar that bringing in a new tax when you sell your home that is not good for the market and will punish the savings of the middle class. You know, and David, I want to, I do want to talk to you about this because you did send out a letter as soon as this did come into the media. The fact that the, the liberal government actually wanted to say that it was criminal for people to sell their, their um, properties in blind bidding 
And, you know, I know a lot of people go through multiple offers. A lot of people feel it's unfair. They still have the ability to make a decision with inappropriate amount of time. But the idea that a government wants to mandate everybody into an auction style process, which we've seen in Australia, which again, I think will also drive up the, the, the price. You know, you're looking at somebody, they're looking at you, they want the house, you want the house. You do not have enough time to actually thoroughly think the process out. You now have more emotion that gets involved. David, I know you responded to this, and this is not something I think that any government should mandate for a home seller. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, you know, Aria for every uh, pretty much every policy that we talk to the government about, you know, the one of our our fundamental principles is consumer choice. You know, which realtor you use, you know, what process you you undertake, and so taking away a seller's uh, choice as to how they sell their home uh, is is just uh, not something that we thought was was appropriate. And then to criminalize uh, a, a decision if they did uh, decide to to go a certain way just seemed to be something that we really wanted to point out. Uh, we wanted to you know, quickly respond, as you mentioned. You know, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, what we see in the marketplace is, is that when uh, the uh, traditional bidding process happens, the buyers and sellers both have rep- representation. They can, uh, they can think about what they want to offer, what they want to include in their offer. And offers aren't just price. Offers are conditions. Offers are closing date. Offers are terms to protect them uh, and and so it's not just a price issue and and so buyers currently have that opportunity to consider what they're going to put in their offer and that's very very healthy to have representation uh, to do that you know and you're absolutely right I mean the notion that you would put this in 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 uh, in uh, with the goal to uh, to consider that it would uh, help uh, cool the market or reduce prices there's just no evidence to that. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the Australian uh, experiences is that, you know, prices are, are, are going up just as much um, uh, or, or greater uh, and, and when the auction process is used a lot. So I think the consumer choice is an important consideration. And if one of those choices is an auction or the traditional bidding process, then that's very, very good. And, uh, and then we make sure that the buyers and sellers have representation. And, uh, and I think that that's just a healthy thing. So you're absolutely right. We wanted to point that out. Let the, consu- let, let the voters decide, but we thought that that was a bad policy and we wanted to call it out. Tim, any final comments about the election and what we should be looking forward to um, with some of these cam- campaigns? Well, look, I'm number one, uh, David and I and Ontario Realtors is thrilled that the issue of helping people um, get a home or a move up home that they can afford uh, has been a significant issue. So mission accomplished on that. We do like to provide a very thoughtful analysis of what this may mean for your listeners, uh, whether it's their home as investors or real estate professionals. Again, they can see that at orea.com. And most importantly, don't forget to get out and vote, Todd. It still makes me shake my head when we see sometimes 40 to 50% of the population that stay at home. This is a close election. It's an exciting one to watch. If you care about this issue, go out and cast your ballot. It's the only way to make a difference. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And I guess uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about in the next few days and weeks. So thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day. Thank you very much. So that was Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, and he was the former provincial leader of uh, the PC party here, and uh, David Oikel, president of ARIA, and no stranger to the show, um, you know, almost a 20-year realtor as well. So these gentlemen definitely, uh, you know, have some good insight. 
again, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring them on is to get their take on what some of the candidates are making commitments to. And you know what? We're going to have to hold whoever gets elected. We're going to have to hold them accountable to these promises. You know, finally, this is something we're going to have to do, you know, uh, as, you know, just individuals. We need these solutions because if not, you know, real estate's just going to keep going up in value. And, you know, I'm not that greedy guy that's sitting there saying, yeah, we want values to go up. No, what we want to do is have more inventory, give people more selection and let them be able to make a decision for themselves. That's one of the most important things in this world when we deal with real estate. And of course, keep the government out of it. You know what? Stay away from the whole capital gains things for primary residents. Stop telling us what we can and can't do with our greatest asset that most of us own. Uh, Speaking of owning, um, if you want to join me, uh, coming up this week, uh, Thursday, September the 23rd at 7 p.m., I've got my Simple Real Estate Investment Webinar as well. Uh, We're going to be talking about, you know, areas, who makes the best tenant, of course, our newest release, which is going to give you positive cash flow, no tenant interaction, you get guaranteed condition of your property, Uh, values are already up on these properties. And uh, to uh, to register, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. Like I said, uh, another webinar by me and love doing it. It's not quite the same as a seminar, but I'll try to keep you up to date on what is going on in the world of real estate. And if you haven't, um, if you haven't joined me on Instagram, the simple investor one, I'll, uh, I'll talk about uh, this week, I'll talk about the election results. And, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. You know, once we once we get either, either the same government, new government, minority, majority, who knows what's going to go on? You know what, it's really hard to follow these numbers. But hopefully everybody does vote. And the person that you want to have leading the country is going to do that. So and do it properly. That's one of the things we got to make sure we got to solve some of these real estate issues and see where we go from here. But I do want to thank Mike and Ian. They have made it simple for me this week. And of course, I want to thank you for making us the number Number one real estate talk show and uh, just so you know I'll be back next Sunday at noon as per usual I'm your host Todd C Slater you've been listening to simply real estate right here on News Talk 1010